Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, this is Pam Perry, your host of Get Out There and Get Known podcast. So you heard the intro where it says Pam Perry sometimes goes solo or she interviews her media friends and her PR colleagues. So I kind of feel like Janelle, 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 Janelle Hazelwood is like both. She's like a, a media friend as well as a PR colleague because she's really a media strategist as well. And so today we're going to talk about storytelling. Now, I met Janelle probably ooh, maybe 10 years ago. I'm, I'm thinking because it was during a time where I was at uh, Black Enterprise and it was probably the Urban League. That was Boston. And that was, that had to be, I've tried to think, gauge things by my daughter's age. So I think she was a teenager and she's 24 now. So I think she's about 14. So we met there, but she was um, the person that was like running things. Basically, she was running things and wherever she goes, she succeeds. But her background is in journalism. So I'll let her explain her background and why I love her. Because one of the things I promise on this podcast is that will help you crack the code in how to get into media places and on superstar stages. And so Janelle is really adept at how to crack the code in media because she works in media. That's what she does. She's been doing this for probably a couple of decades. Uh, not yet. I'm not at 20 years yet, but I'm close. Yeah, about oh, right, 15 right. years now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got started and where you've been, what you're doing, and then we'll kind of get into the uh, the storytelling part of how to help people do that better. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, first of all, Miss Perry, for having me on. And of course, you know, that's my Southern sensibility. I, you know, I'm calling you Miss Perry. Um, but I could say Pam, you know, yeah, after all, you know Pam. okay. So thank you so much, <laughs> Pam, first of all, for having me on your on your show. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, just a little bit about me. So my background, I graduated from Hampton University. In all right, HBCU. Yes, HBCU, <laughs> the real HU for all you bisons. You're, you're, uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, I had to say that. Um, but yes, so I graduated from Hampton School of Journalism with a degree in print journalism. And so I started my career with the New York Times Company. Uh, I had a mentor, yeah, a oh mentor. His name was John Hecker, um, who showed me a lot about how I could leverage my skills in editing because I didn't even know at the time uh, what I really wanted to do. I had worked on the college newspaper and did all of that. Um, but now, I started I want to say this really quick. Hap, this is Peppy too, by the way. This is Peppy. He likes to show up sometimes on the podcast. But I will say this about Hampton. They are serious about their journalism school. Yes. They are flat out serious about their journalism school. They they, they make sure that you all are interning by like 
fresh second day second day in school yes, <laughs> yes ma'am here you're like figuring out how to get how to get a, a journalism internship so for now for now any of anybody out here that is like thinking about going into journalism or whatever and majoring in school it is not typical that you come out of college and you work in the new york times the number one market at the number one paper Yes, that yes. is the power of HBCU and your talent too, Miss Hazelwood. So go on, go on. I just want I want to give you your props for that and your school. Okay, go on. Yes, and um, thank you so much for saying that because I feel like um, Dr. Harvey really pushes for that at Hampton University. You know, just to throw that out there, and also their partnership with the Scripps Howard. Um, School of Journalism was really excellent. And considering the types of people that they were able to get to invest in us, to teach there, to become guests and lecturers and things of that nature, uh, that was one reason going to Hampton. So, yeah. so it, it was an amazing experience. And so he taught me how to leverage my skills in editing because he just said he saw I had a knack in that. And uh, funny enough, I was a business major when I started at Hampton. They also have an awesome business school as well. Really? And um, I just, to be honest, it wasn't my passion. My passion has always been communications, uh, using storytelling. I've always been that kid that told detailed stories and could write, you know, um, stories for my stepfather who worked in broadcast. Um, he, would, okay. you know, yeah, he would quiz me about what's going on in the news at, you know, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So I would have to recap the stories, kind of like a little newscaster. And mm -hmm. so I've always been an inquisitive storyteller. Um, I've always been into the power of communication. And so I got with the mentor at The New York Times. I ended up working for a regional paper that The New York Times owns called the Spartanburg Herald Journal. Mm -hmm. And I did two years there. It was an awesome experience and uh, just to get my feet wet. And then I ended up getting a, a chance opportunity uh, right before recession, actually. Uh, I do point that out because I just want to be encouraging to people that, you know, you can be blessed and find opportunities even within uh, what, what they would say, you know, bad economic times. Okay. And so uh, that was around 2007, 2008, uh, where I was able to work with The New York Times as a freelancer. And then I went on, I worked for Essence as well. I interned with them uh, and I ended up working at Black Enterprise, which was a dream for me because I love uh, catering to uh, the black audience. You know, I had always had a passion for um, just the dynamic uh, storytelling. What Earl Graves uh, and Butch Graves and Alfred Edmund Jr. And just so many people I learned from there, Elisa Gums and Simone, uh, so many people I could name uh, there uh, who really- But, but Mr. Earl Graves was like the epitome of it all, right? He was like- Yeah, he was amazing. It's amazing. He was pioneering. And it was funny. So before you got into journalism, your background was business. So it kind of yeah. fit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It did. It did. Because um, I noticed in business and I learned this the hard way. You really uh, follow that. Uh, I think what you're passionate about, you'll do well in. Uh, in business school, we had to take multiple calculus classes and things of that nature. And when I failed that, that class one time, my mom was like, girl, you, you either got to get it together or figure out what you really. Exactly. That math will do that for you. <laughs> it needs to be your passion. It needs to be something that you're really into. And that is a huge part of getting, you know, an MBA. I thought I would get an MBA and, you know, go into business. 
uh, working in corporate in uh, financial services. And so it's so interesting how you point that out too, that it came full circle because I was a journalist at a business publication. Right. <laughs> so, right. For you many know, years. Right. For many years. And so uh, by the time we met, side. So this was before they started monetizing the digital portion. So at the time, many were just to digital. Um, most companies were still making money, uh, a bulk of their money from um, print. And so whether it was newspaper or magazine, uh, the digital arm really was kind of, you know, something that they did on the side just to have something on a website. Right. And so um, I was given the opportunity work uh, in the early days of when Black Enterprise started monetizing their website. And so I was so excited because, you know, you're young, you're in the digital space, and this is somewhere uh, it was a small take on not only the print uh, work that I had to do as a copy editor, but also the digital work. So they needed digital copy editing and stories to be written for the website. And I got to learn HTML and things of that nature and again, oh in the early days. So this is not, this is like, you know, we haven't even hit 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was an amazing time being in New York, um, working with so many awesome entrepreneurs, covering entrepreneurs and uh, kind of building my own lane. You know, like I said, with the sponsorship and mentorship of so many people at Black Enterprise, uh, which shaped a lot of my career. And so at Black Enterprise, I did move up to associate managing editor. So I worked there for several years. Um, ended up being associate managing editor. I was career editor. I handled um, most of the freelancers for digital. I assisted the chief content officer, which is Alfred Edmond Jr. Mm -hmm. um, and I was also global editor as well. So we did a lot of coverage uh, with the African diaspora, which I was very oh. proud of. Oh, um, and it was awesome to tap into, you know, covering uh, people of African descent, people of Caribbean descent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really that is that's one of those spots, too, that um, mm -hmm. as black people on this on this continent that we need to do more of. So that is really that that was, well, you know, 2010 around there. It's like the Internet was kind of really getting started. So mm -hmm. it was really like, OK, well, how do you connect or how do you, you know, do we link in with them? Do we Facebook with them? I mean, how do you do that? How do you zoom now? I did a, a, a conference uh, last week or was it this week, uh, to Nigeria, Nairobi, Kenya. I mean, it was just simple, simple like a simple Zoom or a stream or whatever. But that is where I think in terms of Black business um, and those people who are speakers, Black speakers, that if you look to the motherland, the continent of a, a land of opportunity, then mm -hmm. you probably saw that when you were covering that, that that is like the area that is of growth. That is the growth. And they're looking for ways to connect with us. You know, the, these colors are red, black, and green, Janelle, because because of that, right? It's like, that's my thing now. I'm just really kind of, <laughs> if you notice that, it's like very, very blackly black, right? It's like, this is, this is the thing. But I want people to understand that quit looking so much to America to really validate you and support you and endorse you when you have family across the continent, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And oftentimes uh, we were very welcome. So sometimes I would go to a lot of the business uh, meetups. I would go to a lot of the events. Um, I covered the Nigerian Entertainment Awards. Wow. Um, and also did things with other African publications, which are awesome. 
Um, and so uh, Face to Face Africa um, and just so many different organizations, especially being in New York, where there was always a synergy. You know, mm-hmm. um, people of the diaspora also con- contribute a lot monetarily. And uh, they are they are they make up a huge percentage of high earners and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, during the global content, it was just a need as well. You know, they wanted to see their stories being told and they read Black Enterprise. You know, they, they were huge uh, supporters of Black Enterprise. And so I was happy to be able to um, really connect with that community. And I hope to do more there as well. I had a client, actually, one of my first clients, actually, uh, when I left from being an associate managing editor, I went full time as a consultant. Um, and my consultancy uh, caters to minority and women entrepreneurs and founders. Okay. Uh, the skills and tools that I had learned uh, working for the New York Times and Condé Nast and Black Enterprise, uh, work with diversity women as well. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the things I've been able to learn about storytelling and how to pitch and how to use your story. Uh, in a dynamic way to find success, whatever success means to you. Uh, if that's, you know, revenue, a boost in engagement, you're trying to boost, boost your brand, mm-hmm. boost your brand. Many entrepreneurs, as you probably know, too, uh, they're great at, you know, being the boss and running the business, but they're not necessarily, they have blind spots when it comes to communication or writing or the websites and, you know, just a little nuances of branding. Mm-hmm. And so from what I had seen and studied and um, just being part of these large companies, I thought that the uh, small business owner and the founder should benefit from that knowledge as well. It shouldn't just be the big companies that are making, you know, all this money or getting all this success when this, you know, your small business is awesome too. And you have an audience and you have a calling and a purpose. And so I wanted to use that. So uh, my first client actually was a nonprofit that works out of Ghana. And so I was able to travel to Ghana. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm, I'm jealous beyond it, right now. It was so amazing. It was like, beyond like visiting the slave castle getting to know you know the community that they um catered to were orphaned and so we went to villages and did some community work and i got to just basically see her story manifested in reality Mm-hmm. That was just an amazing gift from them. Uh, they took me to Ghana, this particular client, and it was just amazing the things that she was able to do with her nonprofit and to see how, you know, your storytelling, you know, is manifested in real life and real people, you know, and mm-hmm. that that was a um, because it was very scary to just jump out there and try. Since college, I'd always had like what people would say, hey, you got a good job, girl. Why would you go out here on your own? You know, but I just felt led to do that. I mean, I, I use spirituality a lot. I hope it doesn't offend anyone, but I am a person of faith. And so as a Christian, yeah, I, I believe in servant leadership. And so I'm led to do things. Uh, I wish I was led by millions of dollars or, you know, a good job. But that's not necessarily what I'm led by. I'm led by purpose and what I'm, you know, called to do. And so at the time, I was single. I didn't have any kids. And so I said, let me just jump out there, you know, now while I can. And I did. And I had the you know, support even of people who were like, you know what, Janelle, we hate to lose you, but 
do your thing, girl. You know, we talk about entrepreneurship. We, we support you, you know, and it was an amazing experience. So long story short, that's me. Currently, um, I've still been doing some consulting. I love writing. Like I'm an editor and writer at heart. So I still mm -hmm. freelance for various publications within the verticals of uh, minority women and entrepreneurs. So yeah. I do that. Um, with various publications. But um, my passion, like I said right now, is to follow servant leadership. It's something that I'm trying to uh, develop and strengthen in myself and continue um, to do in my consultancy, as well as the type of stories I write and edit. Yeah. So one of the things, because you are such a good writer, you see stories, you see news, you said your stepdad, he was in broadcasting. I mean, so it's all around you. You live yeah. in, work in the number one media company. So JanelleHazelwood.com, go there and find out about her. She's a storyteller. But what I want to tell Janelle is that because she's so fabulous at everything that she does, she went to Hampton. What I want to know is, has Hampton covered you? Have they covered you? Have they covered you? Like their alumni newsletter or their alumni magazine? Oh, oh yes, yes. They've yes. covered me in the past. Yes. I've been covered and I've even visited uh, to speak and I've stayed in touch. They used to have their PR person. Uh, I was in touch with her for years. She was okay. there when I was in college. I don't think she's there anymore. Her name was Yuri. Um, but yeah, they stayed in touch and very supportive. And then sometimes I even visit because right now I actually relocated to Virginia. My mom's side of the family is from Virginia. So you're um, kind of near there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I'll, you know, whenever I can visit, because obviously with the COVID and everything, right. um, I'll ride by or I've been on campus to get my transcripts or, you know, things of that nature and get mm -hmm. the memory. But yeah, mm -hmm. they're always super supportive alumni network they have events and so it's amazing like the history even of the campus and some of the amazing things they're still doing like dr harvey has been the president for more than 27 years yeah i really admire him and actually i did a story on him for black enterprise which was a nice oh, really? moment as well yeah that's yeah, like a cool moment. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, they have, they have yeah. covered me. Yeah. So in terms of people, like you were saying, entrepreneurs need to pitch themselves. And a lot of people want to be speakers. They want to be on stages and they want to be in the media. And the main reason why they want not there. All right. Hold on one second, everyone. Hold on one second. She'll come back. So Janelle will come back, JanelleHazelwood.com. She is fascinating, amazing, amazing young lady. So she's going to come back. Internet, there she is. Device is not connected. There's Janelle. There you are. No problem. <laughs> that's I'm there for a moment. That's okay. That's okay. One of the main things I wanted you to talk about was um, if someone just wants to be seen, they don't have a nose for news, they want to be get in the media, how do you tell them to pitch themselves so that they don't just sound like a commercial, okay? You want them to tell a story. So how do you get them to understand, one, the media and what they're looking for, and then couple it with, okay, I know you're in business, you got to sell something, you want to speak, but don't, let's not sound like a commercial. So I'll let you answer that, and I'm going to pull you forward as you talk. 
Okay. So to answer your question, uh, when you're trying to get noticed by media companies, the first thing I will say is humanize yourself. So think mm -hmm. about what would you do in person? Like your correspondence via email, is that something that you would do if you met that person in like one-on-one? -on -one? And if it doesn't make sense, don't send the email. Oh, that's good. That makes sense. Because uh, again, um, I've done some sales work, right? So in, in entrepreneurship and, and just it, everyone's a salesperson. If you think about yeah. it, you, you have a regular nine to five, you're selling something, you're, whether it's yourself, your skills, some sort of concept, uh, something to your boss or whatever. So we're all salespeople. I, I just want to put that out there because people are so scared of sales. It's like a scary yeah. word. No, it's just a way to per persuade someone to do to to see your point of view, to sell them, to change them, to to really see your side. Because when right. I'm pitching uh, clients, I'm selling a story. I'm selling the story to an outlet. So it's sales. It's it's really it's, it's sales. It's not advertising, but I'm selling a story. So yep, that's true. We're all salespeople. Right, right. And then the second thing I say to them: Have you done your research? Because they know who they're selling to. So have you looked at the recent content? Have you looked at SEO? Because that's something that matters in digital media. So search engine optimization. What keywords are trending? What uh, keywords for your industry are trending? What uh, subject matters are trending? Is this even on topic or of value to that editor? Uh, another thing I would say is uh, build relationships. That stuff still matters. Like even in COVID-19, uh, I've gotten a lot of opportunities through word of mouth. I mean, uh, <laughs> and people are not even doing coffee meetings or anything of that nature. And see, that shows the, the power of relationships. So mm -hmm. don't cold sell people. I'm not a fan of that. I really need to be strategic, especially for a larger media company or a media company that has a lot of followers or a huge audience or major sponsors, major um, ads. If you look at their websites, they're, they're not running mom and pop. So that, that's some money. <laughs> so you really want to build a relationship and uh, really uh, leverage getting to know that particular editor. Now, how do you do that editor or whoever you're pitching to? So a writer even. Um, here's another thing, because I just thought of this when speaking on that. Uh, some entrepreneurs I've noticed or, you know, brands, uh, people who are building brands, they'll go to the top person. Right. So they kind of only respect the publisher or the associate editor or the editor in chief. But what they don't realize is that assistant actually has the editor or uh, the person you think is low on the totem pole really has a lot of power. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My assistant could bring stories to me and I literally would just approve it because of because I trust her opinion. Wow. Um, you know, or a freelancer that I already have a relationship because sometimes I get this too. There'll be people who, uh, maybe I contacted them, uh, being a freelancer. Right. And I may get like the brush off or I may not get a response for like a week, but after they've done some research and they say, Oh, you work for New York times, black and proud. All of a sudden I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of follow-up and see that shows you how they operate. And again, these are things that if we were in person, 
and you got my business card, would you have treated me that way? But digitally being email pitch, this is how I'm being treated. And pitching is a process. That's another thing people forget. It's a process. It's not something where you just, let me just throw this out here. Let me just, you know, send a bunch of uh, emails, mass emails to people. It's a Ooh, process. Don't do, don't do the select all. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do one press release, select all, and here you go. Yeah. yeah. And even a press release, I think you should tailor it. I mean, you could have your bare bones, you know, yeah, on PR, Newswire, whatever service you use, but maybe tailor it. Like sometimes I receive a press release and I'll say, well, what does this have to do with me? Like I, this is nice and everything, but this is not what I cover. For example, I don't <laughs> I don't cover, you know, fashion, but someone will send me a press release about a new uh, bathing suit line that's coming out. I don't. Yeah. And you want to know like, okay, well, I'm managing editor of Black Enterprise. Is it a Black designer? I right. Mean, give me some kind right. of angle or hook of customized. like, what, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Customized. Mm-hmm. So the steps, because so, I'm big on process. It's like the Capricorn in me is very big on process. So first <laughs> in the pitching process, do your research, you know, get into those SEO keywords, find out what's really trending. You could have a great story, but it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. I hate to say that because there's even celebrity stories that get shut down. Trust me, I deal with it every day. This mm-hmm. person could be the biggest celebrity in the world and you're thinking, yeah, we want to cover them. And you get down to SEO and what's really being searched and what's really being read. And if that celebrity isn't trending, that that story might be dead for the week. You know, so mm-hmm. just to give you an example, sometimes people think that their story is so great because there's a celebrity or we made a million or, you know, but it's like, well, what about that process or that journey or that story would be something that this particular publication's readers would want to read right now. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, a lot of people are obviously talking about the election and about Mm -hmm. a woman of color being the first vice president, you know, of the United States Mm -hmm. uh, as a woman of color. And so, you know, if you want to talk about that, you know, maybe make that a segue if it's relevant. That's one of the things that, um, Mm -hmm. Janelle, that people talk about when they hire a publicist. It's like, oh, okay, well, how are they going to um, pitch this or how are they going to Mm -hmm. um, give it that uh, pivot or, or, or that kind of thing? I mean, you have to find a way to fit in. I tell someone that yeah. Media pitching media is almost very similar to double dutch, <laughs> double dutch jump rope. Mm-hmm. It's like you jump in when you know there's the right time for it. So if you don't have the right timing for it, you're going to trip and fall. So knowing what's the news cycle, what's trending, you can go to Twitter and find out what's trending. They're going to tell you yeah. what's trending too. So yeah. You go on Twitter and find that and then jump in. Now, I always tell people to go on Twitter and to keep a list because you can create lists in, in Twitter and yep. keep a list of your media, the media friends that you want to follow so that you can, you don't have to have the whole Twitter universe, but just go to your list in your media for media and just see what your media friends, what they're tweeting about and what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And like double judge, jump in when you can fit in where you, where you can. And mm-hmm. that's so important because you don't want to sound like irrelevant, like, okay, everyone's talking about the election. And then you want to talk about, I don't know, pumpkins okay it's like what it's like you're you're crazy you you don't even know what's going on in the world so that's when i always tell people you have to be relevant and 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 that is one of the main things of going on twitter seeing what's trending 
and seeing what is that the last thing that that journalist, the, the, the reporter, producer, whoever, whatever they were working on. And that's how you fit in with them. So you yep. And just knowing their vertical as well. I mean, even some PR people, professionals, um, you may be pitching to the wrong person. It could be a great story, but that's just not what that particular media personality is focused on right now or that particular brand is focused on right now. So you could, it could not, it may not have anything to do with the pitch. It could be you're, you're barking up the wrong tree, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that first step of doing your research is important and cultivating relationships is still key. Uh, the blind uh, tweeting and the mass emails, I, I still see this in 2020, okay? Oh the blind um, pitching or just kind of expecting that, oh, this story is so great. Ego. So it's like cultivate relationships about if you were in person. Uh, mm-hmm. How would you cultivate a friendship or relationship? Because uh, even a, a business deal, that's a pro- that's a process. When time, to be honest, time capital is actually more uh, valuable than actual money. And so, how are you cultivating capital investment? Meaning, mm-hmm. an editor, a writer. Um, I often get this too. And true, you want to do phone call. Let's add value again. I don't want to feel bullied into taking a call with you. And then you waste 30 minutes of my time. That could have been an email. That's right. just, it's just bad practice. And no one wants that. A friend wouldn't want that. Your business partner wouldn't want that. A pr- prospective person that you're selling something to, you've lost that sale. Get that a lot as well. Can we jump on a 30 minute call? And it's like, I have to ask <laughs> complimentary questions as to what does this call entail? Because you need to know, you know, I could be wasting your time. You could be having this whole 30 minute spiel about why your client is great or why the story is great. And we could I could have emailed you and said, I don't even cover that. (laughs) Like, I don't Mm -hmm. patients don't cover that. I I can refer you maybe. Um, And I'm actually polite and kind because there are some editors and I've worked for bosses who literally are like, I don't have time for this. Delete. Like they won't even give you a conversation. They won't give you a reason. You'll just never know why your emails are not getting returned. So, But you have to let them know too, Janelle, that a lot of times when you you're you're nice about it some people handle stress more better than others so you you can handle stress but the average they're probably getting about maybe 100 to 200 sometimes up to 300 pitches a day mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. and so they have to know how to sort and weed and 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 say no right away so they can get to the yeses mm-hmm. and so i always tell um, my clients especially those in the ready set go speak um, membership community that be okay with the nose, be okay with the nose mm-hmm. because they have too much on their plate. They're on deadline. I tell them, I said, they are not in business to make you famous. This is their job. Their job is to do the best thing that they can do for their audience. That's who they have to please and their boss. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be their friend, make them look good, make their job easier. That's it. And so a good story will help. And only they would, I tell this, this is is something I tell authors too. You only know a good story when you read a good story. You only know a good book when you read a good book. Michelle Obama's book was good. Okay. Compared to like, if you don't know, you want to write a book 
And it's like, hey, you know, I want to write a book, but you've never read a good book. So you don't even know what a bestseller sounds like. So you want to pitch somebody a good story, but you don't know how their stories sound in their own publication or on their own, you know, network. So I would say, find the story, find that, what is it that they're saying? What's, what is their interest? What is their angle? What are they trying, what are they trying to feed their audience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's true. And you know what? Thanksgiving is coming up and you make a great analogy because it's like, also, you don't have to be the turkey. You could be the candy yams. You know, why not present yourself as an expert for a supplementary feature? Some people feel like if they can't get the cover or if they're not going to opportunity. And sometimes I would love to make certain people the feature. But my editor has told me, no, we need five different voices for this. So yeah. you miss out on the opportunity because you want to be the star. And it's like. You can still, you know, you can still shine and then it still builds a relationship. I'm the type of journal of journalists are like this. Here's another thing. Same people. It's easy. Then go to people when these topics come up. So the holidays is always going to trend. That content is always going to trend uh, election. Uh, and whenever there's election season, that's going to trend. They're always looking for experts to talk to for that. So if you want to become the go to build that relationship, start from something small, even if you can't be that feature person, if you can't be the star, because see, I'll remember, I'm like, wait a minute, she had some good insights on that last story we did. And that story went viral. Let's feature her this time on this story, you know, and people keep that in mind. But when people are dealing with divas or people who are rude via email and the lack of humility, you know, you, you touched on that, you know, they, that publications don't work to make you famous. Um, that's the, an ad. Buy an ad. Oh, <laughs> it has changed. It's like the audience dictates now what's popular. Publications don't. We we are beholden to the audience. You know, it used to be. You know, and when I was a journal, early journalist, I could tell you what's cool. I could write an article about these earrings, and boom! Oh, that's so great. Now I could write an article about these earrings, but if these earrings aren't trending, if people aren't talking about them, if a celebrity didn't feature it and it didn't go viral, no one cares. <laughs> right. That is it. And I always tell I, I always tell this to people, Janelle, that one of the ways that you can become a friend of a journalist is that if you love their writing style, you love what they write about, when they write something, either comment on the story on the website or retweet it or share it on LinkedIn or post it on Facebook, but give it some love. Or what I find that um, someone did this recently and they got featured in Forbes is that they they took an article that, the, um, that was written in Forbes and they did their beginning like little insight about it. And then they send it out to their email and say, this is my insight on this particular article. And then this particular, and then they put the link to what article they were talking about. Well, they got a lot of views or eyeballs or ears or whatever, eyeballs. And the and the reporter kind of said, well, thank you very much. What is it that you do? Maybe I can interview you for a story. And it happened. And it was because they were following this person and they really thought that their content was good. And they were sharing that reporter's content with their audience. Mm -hmm. And that and then that reporter got, you know, lifted their head up and say, oh, that was that was kind of cool. Okay, so let me find out more about you. So you, they had to have a story, but 
but that's one way to retweet. I said, just retweet their stuff. Now, don't tag them. I hate that. You know, when people are tagging them, they'll do whatever, and then they'll tag you on Twitter. And then you look at their timeline, and they didn't tag about 30 people. Oh, oh no. See that again, that goes back to people are losing that social nuance. It's like in person, you know, would you be in person? Like, hello, look, I I just said something. That's what that looks like on Twitter. That's spamming. Yes. Spamming. Exactly. (laughs) Spamming. And it's like sometimes people lose those nuances. They believe because it's a social media network, it's digital that you don't have to apply the same human characteristics of social networking. It's Mm -hmm. still a social network, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you see people who have the nuances and, you know, they get it. And then some people, they just need a little coaching or this is, you know, social media may, may not be their thing. Which leads me to my next point for entrepreneurs and brands. Uh, When something is not your thing or you can't really invest in it in order to see a return on your investment. So with social media and pitching and PR, uh, it's an investment, right? So if you can't invest your time and you don't want to throw money away, hire someone. You know, it's so many people out here who are legit. And oftentimes I get I've worked with clients who have said, you know, I work with a PR person or I work with a social media manager or I've worked with so-and-so and they this, and so they don't invest anymore. And the first question I ask is, well, how were you validating the experience? What were your success metrics? Were they realistic? Yeah. Uh, you know, because sometimes I'll get and it, I don't take on any clients. Uh, I have to say that I typically have a consultation first. Mm-hmm. Because I may not be a good fit for you, and you may not be a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. It, it just may not work. Um, I've also learned in my master's program that coaching is, uh, it, it has to be cultivated. And so sometimes things are just not a good fit. And so uh, you could want Oprah uh, success, but you, you don't want to take Oprah's steps, if that makes sense. That's it. So you That's want it. to nickel and dime so while cool. Oprah mm-hmm. has invested in the correct technology or the correct team or the best person. And nickeling and dime is going to get you, It'll get you, you know, yeah. it's going to get you those results. So sometimes you know, sometimes people aren't ready or they're just not a good fit, you know? And so I always say this, hire someone, trust someone. Uh, Yeah, get you the results and vet them, ask around. You know, I got a lot of clients through word of mouth from people who had worked with me so that they could say, hey, what type of person is she? How does she work? What's her communication style? How does she treat people? What's her leadership record? You know, because I get horror stories all the time about, you know, professional PR professionals or social media managers or consultants or, you know, and I didn't find. Yeah, they always said, well, if I didn't get Oprah, then that 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 your process, how were you vetting them Mm -hmm. and what was the success metrics? Because, again. 
And people can say, well, I want my Instagram following to grow by 60% in the next three months. It's like anybody okay. who tells you that you can do that is lying. <laughs> I mean, really. Or, or so this, you have to this is the thing be realistic. And Janelle, this is the thing that I find that people who publicists that can guarantee so many, um, you know, so say a publicist says, I'm a publicist and I can guarantee you whatever, whatever. Well, unless the publicist owns a publication, like I own Speakers Magazine, so I can guarantee you be in Speakers Magazine because I publish it. But to say that I can guarantee you A, B, and C is really not true. But what I find, and this is this is because you have journalism background and you have journalism ethics, is that if a publication is paying you, so say you're paying, you're getting paid by, I don't know, some kind of public, publication, Nicole, somebody or whoever, Black Enterprise, they're paying you. You can't then turn around and then be the publicist and put them in the same publication as paying you because now you're getting paid twice. You're getting paid by the client and you're getting paid by the publication. So are you a journalist or are you a publicist? And I find that people find nothing wrong with that today. And I'm like, okay, I went to journalism school at Wayne State University. I'm like, that is not right. I said, because you're getting paid by the publication and you're also getting paid by the client. And so the publication didn't set you to be a reporter to go and get clients and put them in their publication. It's like, what is <laughs> what is that? And so that is not a thing. So if any publicist says, I can guarantee you this, this, and this, and this, you just have to look at their ethics. Like, okay, well, they can guarantee it because they write for them. Okay. It's like, but is that ethical? And some people, I guess they don't care. But you know that the Society of Professional Journalists or NABJ, all of them have ethics that you have to abide by. And PR people have to abide by ethics too. So we get we have our own ethics as well. We got the Black Public Relations Society and also the Public Relations Society of America. So those are the things too. So when you are vetting a publicist or you want someone to help mm -hmm. you uh, get out there, one of the main nope. things you want to do is see how it is that they are operating in their business. Okay. So yeah, that that's my that's my uh, that's my rant for today. <laughs> That's my rant. So we're this has actually been a uh, Janelle. This has been a long uh, podcast, but it's been so interesting. We had a couple of little internet interruptions, but that's okay because it's been so good. So JanelleHazelwood.com. She is a media strategist, meaning that if the media confuses you, if you really need to have a strategy when you want to approach the media, she can help you with that because she's been there, done that. She's been from the New York Times to Black Enterprise to mm -hmm. publications as well. But also, too, if you need something that um, probably a la carte in terms of writing your messaging out for you, uh, helping you with stories, editing something that you already have, it's something that you would like to talk to her about, go to JanelleHazelwood.com. She's not like in mass taking millions of clients because she's very selective. You know, when you get to a certain point, it's like you want to be selective. And listen, that's one of the reasons, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that you get to pick your clients, right? <laughs> it's like, you can also fire clients too, but you can also pick your clients as well. 
So that's one of the main things. And and really crafting out a story for people is her gift. That is her gift. She's helping people craft out their story, pull it out. And it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so what I would like you to give us some last words of how people can, um, you know, some last things of advice. I know we talked about research and relationships. Is there another R that you want to uh, to help people understand in order to get a better media coverage, better story, research, relationships, reading? They got to read. <laughs> Oh, Janelle. Um, I hear you, I see your lips moving, but I want to hear you. Janelle. All right. So I hear I hear a little bit of the ah, she she left. So there you are. You back. So yeah, I can't hear you. So Janelle Hazelwood.com to have a further discussion with her because her, her sound is going in and out right now. But Janelle Hazelwood.com to really learn a little bit more about how to uh, put your story together, how to get your brand story out there, how to really do it right, and with someone that has integrity and someone who's been there, done that, and not quite two decades, but uh, expert in the field, that's for sure. So, Janelle. Um, all right, she's saying okay, thumbs up. All right, so with that, thank right. you all for joining us on LinkedIn. There you are. <laughs> I want to hear you say some last words before we close out. <laughs> Can you okay? All right, so I heard her say yes, but don't hear her. Okay, all right, so with that, I am Pam Perry and I'm out. I'm with Janelle Hazelwood, and until next time, we'll talk to you later. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.